Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Anime Was Not a Mistake. Uh, I am a turtle-like figure towering over a dreary landscape, Dan Ryan, joined as always by my co-host. I see that the crystal's reacting to you as well. Let's fight <laughs> chaos, shall we? Jonathan Kwiatkowski here. Um, and as always, we are a, a humble anime retrospective podcast. Humble, but once again, uh, we are we are not uh, watching anime this week. Nope, uh, <laughs> got him again in the in the midst of uh, <laughs> in the midst of another Sinister Six event. And if uh, if you if this angers you, then write your local congressperson and tell them you want Sinister Six gone, or just wait till next week. <laughs> Free us. <laughs> I, listen, I like the Sinister Sixes. There's a lot that we get out <laughs> like pent up aggression. <laughs> I, oh no! Of course, yeah. Sometimes I just want to smack Dan around. Yeah. It, it is a it's a it's a true chaos agent. Yeah, uh, so in what we, we do. do it for our own health. Yeah, and, you know, I, I think it's a good litmus. And plus, we got Supergirl out of it. So yeah, no. that's all we could say. It's always worth a few larfs, and we do hope you enjoy it. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if this week will be worth a yeah. few larfs uh, yeah. because. Uh, you, you know, I, I've maintained certain elements of my, uh, flask here <laughs> since the beginning, um, and I don't know if it's gonna produce another dynamo like Supergirl, but we can only hope that it does. Um, but, uh, before we get into that whole mess, uh, do we have any anime life or video game news to discuss? I have some. Mainly Elden Ring has yes. consumed my life, as I'm sure with you. Yes. Yeah, um, it's good. I beat the Lingrave area, mm-hmm. so... Limb grave, sorry, it's a pun, because it's a, a grave for limbs, is what I see on the internet. Oh, that's true. Is that, it's what it's supposed to be. But yes, a, a Godfrey, or whatever his name, fell to my magics at the first mm-hmm. attempt. I was level 65 when I fallen, Yeah, you're, so. you're doing full Maduka. Yeah, yeah, I'm a little over-leveled, but uh, that glinstone pebble, baby, you just stand away and you press the left bumper to win. And I love it. Um, That's how I like to play my games. I, I'm uh, because I've never been good with magics. I've been going a classic like strength, dex, a little bit of faith build. Mm. Got my katana, uh, mm-hmm. and I also beat Godric. Yes. Uh, last uh, over the past week, mm-hmm. we both beat Godric this past yeah. week. Um, and I'm taking my sweet time, just exploring each area as it comes, stopping at every yeah. little dungeon along the way, trying not to miss any quests. Um, you know, I am, like, reading some guides as to not miss anything, but overall, like, nothing's really spoiled for me, dialogue or story-wise. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's, um, it's very relaxing. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, 
as you said, it's, it's it can scary. be scary. Sometimes you're in those Chowish Dungeon knockoffs, and there's a skeleton around the corner, and he pops out and yeah. gives me a fright. Yeah, and they're, but they're stupid, like, souls, you know, yeah, like, but... ooh, you know, people. <laughs> but, like, it, it's, uh, I don't know, it's just such a, it is probably one of my fave games I've played in a while. Yeah. And I keep thinking, like, I don't want to come on to the podcast and, like, gush about it, because mm-hmm. I always fear with, with any Souls game that I'll hit a point where it's, like... Too much. This is too difficult, well, I don't want to... It's big, so I feel like this is going to be a big one for a long time. Yeah. yeah. A- a- At and our speed. Like, yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. Like, our speed, and, and that's... slower than the Turtle Pope himself. <laughs> because even even as I've I've encountered difficult things, I just go somewhere else. I explore, level up, and find more shit to use, and... I don't know, that that is keeping this game, like, at the forefront of my head. Like, mm-hmm. it's one of the few games of recent memory where I, I put it down, and then I think, like, ah, there's a few more things I could do. Like, mm-hmm. I really want to get back in there and... And keep playing it, you know, which for my attention span is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I love it. It's I, I know that it's there's been a lot of a uh, salty discussion between game devs on Twitter about mm, this. I think it's just because they're taking attention away from their bad games. Yeah, no, and 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 that's like yeah, like Ubisoft said, like oh, it doesn't have a good UI, and then like they show the Assassin's Creed UI, and they say, well, Ubisoft, this isn't much better. No, and and that's like comparing and contrasting is like whatever happens with open world games going forward. Like Elden Ring is is one of the most like. It does not treat the player like they're stupid, and you never feel overwhelmed. Like, you just, you put the the compass point where you want to go, mm-hmm. you go there, and there is nothing else that it tells you. Mm-hmm. And, like, like, going through that and comparing that to other, like, games that have been sold on, like, a giant open world concept, it's like... I don't know, like, minimal is, is is the way to go. And, like, I know that, um, you know, uh, people will argue about the difficulty of, of the FromSoft games, but, mm-hmm. like, I would just think in general that for open-world games moving forward that they should take some notes from this because it's like, you you feel like you're in one of those old Zelda games. You mm-hmm. feel like you're you're wandering around and... You discovering know, yes yeah. yeah like breath of the wild did it good when it did it like that yeah. really struck me i mean that was a, a world sensation so we can only hope that the sequel is just as good if not better yes and taking some pointers from this um yeah but different strokes for different folks mm-hmm. i think this and breath of the wild are the only two open worlds that really really you know enamored me mm-hmm. um the rest it's usually such a daunting task that i don't really follow that route you know yeah and it's it's not like I mean, it's not to say that any of those games are bad, but it's definitely, like, you you can kind of get overloaded with how much stuff there is, but how... I, I, what I'm comparing it to in my head is um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Mm, never played. Because that had a gigantic map based around, like, the Greek, like, islands, mm-hmm. like, because it was set during, you know, your your character is like a, like a Spartan orphan. Mm-hmm. And the map is gigantic. There's, like, Wind Waker sailing. You go around, and the map is filled with all of these quest markers. But even though they're all there, 
you clearly cannot access them and the game does not want you to access mm. them. Like, there's... If something is out of your strength range, then they'll all show up, but they'll be like... Like, the enemies will be buffed to insta-kill you, mm-hmm. okay. even if your level isn't even that low. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, Elden Ring so far feels like it leaves the player to just find that shit out by themselves, which yeah. I think is refreshing. Like, there, it doesn't feel like there's an artificial gate around anything. Mm-hmm. Aside from the cases where there is a magic gate around <laughs> things. <laughs> magic but, seal. Um, but yeah, it's phenomenal game so far mm-hmm. yeah i can't agree more um speaking of another phenomenal game mm-hmm. in my tank project triangle strategy has emerged mm-hmm. and it is glorious i love it the demo did transition over so i've got three chapters up on you i'm currently in chapter five or six now mm-hmm. but you know me after a chapter i like to go and grind in the battle areas which isn't the most fun thing but mm-hmm. you know this, this game makes it fine it's like they've got some speed up functions it's good tactics good story I love it so far. Mm -hmm. I think it's exactly what I wanted from this same company that did Octopath Traveler and Bravely Default, Mm -hmm. which, you know, are two games that I love aside from the sequel, which I mentioned a week or two ago on this podcast. Yes. Um, But it's in a good direction, and I think you'll love it if you're a fan of those uh, Final Fantasy Tactics games. I I look forward to starting it this evening. And the story is just doofy enough with names like Gustadolf and Saranoa. Of course. (laughs) That you can't look past that, that, that charm that we all love. Yes. Yeah, a lot of Game of Thrones-ish vibes from these two games, but yet Gurm <laughs> has not published yeah, the link to He put out that thing the other day. Yeah, well, hmm. The world is expanding beyond uh, the books, <laughs> so we're probably not getting the books. Uh-huh. Yeah, well. I, I sent that message to our group chat yesterday. Yeah. I was coming I was coming home from, uh, from a thing I went to, and Another I, train convention? It was, actually. Um, <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> I sent that message to the chat, and I'm like, oh yeah, someone forwarded me this thing that Gurm posted saying that the the written page can't hold Song of Ice and Fire anymore, mm-hmm. and Grant re- responded, uh, he dead soon, <laughs> but I- Like the queen, yeah. supposedly dead? <laughs> but, but he- but what I, I I couldn't look at my phone while I was driving, mm-hmm. so instead on the navigation it popped up from Grant. I thought he said he died, son, and I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, Germs, no, well, <laughs> you know, I mean, would it take you as that much of a surprise? No, I would it be like, well, but <laughs> okay, we knew this day would come. I, I my there was a lump in my throat the entire way home, and then I looked at the message and like, oh, he's he's just. He's having a larf, but I, I thought that well, I thought that was it. <laughs> and you and, killed Gurm, Dad. And I thought, like, I we've joked your hurtful so, words killed him at last. We've joked so much, and yet <laughs> my heart is broken. Yeah, so. right. I don't think I would react the same way. I'd be like, well. <laughs> Like, are we going to publish the scraps that are left on his uh, Mac? I don't know. Well, no. Well, no. Those those are ordered to be destroyed. Remember? I don't. Those are. Yeah, he, I guess. he said once that if anything happens to him, put him on a barge out at sea and light them aflame. Huh? No, literally. Yeah. Like, if 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 anything happens to him, his estate is ordered to destroy the records. Of course. But the way that because he made like a blog post, um, because when he's not blogging about fantasy football, he blogged about. Uh, that and he's like, I just feel that uh, the song of ice and fire has grown uh, beyond what I could put in the page. So it's it's going to be a multimedia experience, which means that he's going to rely on like 
other things to fill in mm. the plot that he hasn't like written. Yeah. So I'm on there for it. We'll mm. be there for it. We'll see what happens. Yeah. But I have concerns. Mm. And then on my last piece of news for the day, mm-hmm. I know I interrupted three back to back. I saw Pixar's and Disney's turning red last night. As did I. It was very cute. Yeah. I loved it. Red pandas, Dan. <laughs> Everywhere. Oh, it was it was very a very cute movie. Yeah, I was telling the people I was watching it with last night that if you love red pandas, this might be your film of the millennium. <laughs> yeah. No, it was very fluffy. No. It was it was like it it a good puberty model, like you know, like commentary on puberty. Yeah, it yeah, ha- yeah handled issues that movies would usually not ever mm-hmm. cover. I and... saw a lot of people on the internet, though. I mean, older white men who are like, I can't relate to this. I find it limiting. Yeah, and it, it was just like, then shut up and go see a different movie. Uh, holy like, shit! Like <laughs> older white dudes have been—they're awful, aren't they? Have been very mad at this movie. <laughs> like that's been going on for weeks. Like they've been hating this movie Why? before it came out. Why? I, Why I, your dad hates turning I, red? I, Why I he turning red? I I don't I don't know. It's it, it was just like it's been this ongoing thing where people in the quote unquote animation community are like arguing about it because. Even though I think visually they're channeling, like, Ghibli stuff. Yeah, because yeah. the director in the making of is yeah. a huge Ghibli and anime fan. Yeah, so, like, like all the expressions, all the faces, all like they're all designed to have that look to them. But then people on Twitter are like, oh, it's Steven Universe CalArts. And, and it's like, no, mm-hmm. like, just, no, and then... No. And, and, yeah, but the, a lot of like a lot of the I, how am I supposed to relate to Asian people living in Toronto? Yeah, like, uh, how are you supposed to relate to what? a car in cars? Like I I don't well no unironically how how are you supposed to relate to cars in cars? <laughs> they have a car pope, but like it, it, they go to car church like every one of us did. It's just like they were like rooting for it to fail, and I but I think that. That overwhelmingly the response has been positive. Yeah, so. I think Pixar's been knocking out of the part as of late. So. Yeah, good for them. Yeah, I, I. Yeah, I. Now, if only the mouse could backtread on some things it said over the course of the week. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, they're currently About fighting human with... rights and yeah, yeah, Florida in general. Yeah. Well, uh, well, we'll see what because the uh, Floridians have fired shots at them recently, so we'll see. <laughs> mm-hmm. If uh, if they develop a backbone and r- r- but they probably won't. No. So it's uh, meanwhile they can't get anyone to stay at that Star Wars hotel. <laughs> Stupid Star Wars hotel. You ever took me there? I think I'd end it. Because <laughs> it's 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 like five thousand dollars a day to uh, yes. to stay in a. Well, concrete... Jenny Nicholson did a whole video expose on, not in the hotel on the world itself. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, I remember yeah, that. Yeah. But the, the the hotel is now up and running, and it's like you you pay five thousand dollars like a day to stay in a concrete bunker with like uh, screens projecting space on the wall. Wow! And then sometimes you have to like go to the like the the you have to go to the events they give you. So you'll you'll like if you're like hungover and you got to go to like the the prescribed. <laughs> lunch with the captain then you you have to take part in like 
bandits are grabbing the the dinner or it's a dance party and you have to do it or else they oh, you this know sounds like a dream where i show up full senator amadala vibes yeah <laughs> in a gown. Like, well, i'm not ready for this event they probably Med- melting in the florida heat like they probably encourage that but like um, holy shit like i i don't i don't know you know and it's like they really want it to do it. Like they're they're creating like tie-in media for it. Mm. Like they're rewriting um, Han and Leia's wedding so oh. that they go on their honeymoon I'm, on the stupid I'm, Disney cruise ship. I'm disgusted. And it's and it's like oh they really you nerds <laughs> keep getting away with this shit, don't you? <laughs> not, not this nerd. I, well, I I know you'd be proud as punch to be there. <laughs> oh wait, if someone paid me, if I got an all expense drinking blue milk with the rest of them, if if IGN or one of those sites <laughs> paid me, Dan, we need you to cover the Star Wars spaceship cruise hotel. Like I would be, I would be all for it. I but I uh, you know my out of out of pocket. I don't know if I would. Uh, I don't like forced socializations. <laughs> I don't want to be called up on stage for anything. I would go just to watch you go. That's what I would do. Yeah, so... (laughs) Jonathan had his uh, wallet stolen by a Jawa, and... (laughs) We didn't get it back because the uh, the actor playing the Jawas yeah. <laughs> lost it. <Yeah. laughs> All his credit cards. And <laughs> so it's yeah, yeah. I don't know how it'll go. We'll see what Disney. We'll see what happens to Disney. Um, but uh, otherwise, uh, the only other bit of news I have is that I have been watching the dr- the Dropout. The Dropout, starring uh, Amanda Seyfried. No. A safe read? I've uh, never heard of this. <laughs> um, It's on Hulu. Mm-hmm. It is... A show? Uh, You're watching a show? Yes. <gasps> yeah. Um, Shocking as it may seem. Um, Now, uh, the thing is, is that this, through, like, a lot of YouTube documentaries that I've watched, is a story that I'm familiar with. Mm. It's the story of Elizabeth Holmes. Okay. The, um... Yeah. She, uh, she basically started this... She dropped out of college and became determined to make a... The, the gist of it is that she wanted to make a pioneering medical engineering discovery, despite having no grant knowledge mm-hmm. of, of science or engineering. And her proposal was a machine uh, like the size of a toaster that could run blood tests for you at your home. Mm. Um, And that was the principle on which she founded her business. She went into Silicon Valley and started a, like, startup for this. Mm -hmm. And she basically, in tandem with her much older, weird uh, paramour, like, uh, (laughs) like, um... (laughs) conned a ton of old businessmen Mm. into funding it Mm -hmm. and the machine never worked uh because uh not knowing a lot about science as much as some other people do it was an actual toaster no well basically (laughs) it was um it, it was you can't do complicated blood tests with just like a drop of blood that was the whole selling point but you cannot uh, dilute the sample that much and then get an effective thing. So she went to numerous like um, tech showcases, uh, some in other countries and stuff, and basically faked 
this machine working. Mm. Um, it's a fascinating story. She is insane. <laughs> like, she is... She decided that um, the best way to present herself would be to mimic Steve Jobs. Okay. So she starts... In the black turtleneck phase. Black yeah. turtleneck. She starts talking like this to, to you know, mm-hmm. like, to, to come off as more, like, masculine. Professional, yeah. And Amanda Seyfried does it spot on. Mm. Um, but everything, like, all of the moments of dark humor in the show are based on real things that happened. Mm. Uh, it's been, like, the whole Elizabeth Holmes saga has been covered by a lot of YouTubers. If you're into that kind of, like, rich people failing at things, mm-hmm. secondhand, you know, embarrassed, like, then go and watch some of those and then watch the show. Because mm. it's... Uh, it's fantastic so far. Mm. I desperately would want to binge it, but it's one episode a week uh, for the time so being. have to wait. Um, but I highly recommend that. Mm. So, yeah. Well, I'm just happy you're watching TV, Dan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's been so long. Yeah. There was, also, uh, there was also some big doings in One Piece. Oh, uh, boy. Uh, some plot threads culminating. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it managed to get trending. One Piece has been trending every lot, week. Yeah. For, you know, because people are... Uh, uh, people are fighting about who should take down Kaido and what these recent events mean. Um, but it's something. We're 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 culmin- <laughs> like we're coming to the culmination of something here. Of uh, something. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's all the news I have. Well, I'm empty too. So. Okay. What now? Um, uh, I I warned you ahead of time, oh. and you no, you yeah. already provided. Okay, good. it's already. <laughs> it's like, what? Um, we have uh, we got our Pokemon Topaz and Lapis. Yes, we've been. Uh, I see you I, posted your art. Yeah, our uh, first three initial starter forms, and people seem to like them. Yes. Getting likes. Yes. Um, those. I came liked out. how you described them as like <laughs> head in the clouds. <laughs> Anxious, airheaded, and earnest was yeah, what I remember. Yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> But uh, we hope you all like them. We I think they came out cute. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but we have a lot more in the tank in the backlog that we have not uh, put out there yet. Some I I just need to finish the art for. Uh, but we got more of them and more like gym leaders characters mm-hmm. coming soon. Mm-hmm. Um, so the uh, the the prompt that I gave you over the week was to and you already successfully did it so. Uh, this is just catching the listeners up. Um, we had yet to make a legendary trio, yeah. a la like the uh, the legendary birds, mm-hmm. the Reggies, to that effect. Yeah. Um, and I asked around. There were a lot of different opinions on mm-hmm. things. Like I initially wanted to take it more animalistic because I know that the jaguar, the snake, and mm-hmm. then some form of bird are usually symbolic symbolic in these cultures, mm-hmm. these South American cultures. So I was like, we kind of have Pokemon like them already. Yeah. And I didn't want to, you know put a hat on a hat. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought like, oh, another big thing that a lot of these cultures seem to draw from is the sun itself. So yes. I said, we do have a sun Pokemon. We have Sogaleo. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's we have Solarock and other suns. But I thought that it would be unique if we have like sun sprites because I was thinking of like shine sprites from yeah. um, Super Mario Sunshine. Um, and then something interesting I thought that would be um, tying into our our timeline or our, our themes of the game past versus future would be what if each of these sun sprites is like a different form of light. Like one of them mm-hmm. would have like a selfie camera mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. Like just to be like, Oh, they're like cute, charming. They're playful. Yeah. In that way. 
And I think that idea is perfect. Yeah. I, I have a loose mental image of um, of that. Um, but the way that this has all worked out is that we have uh, Orochaic and Mothasy as our box legendaries. Mm-hmm. They cover a few types by themselves. We have two more who are directly related to them. We mm-hmm. got Wendigo and Bigfoot, yep. who... Uh, their art might come later, but yeah. it is coming, because their... The concept is there. Um... For the Amazon River, we got a big snake mm-hmm. coming because we can't do Amazon without a giant a big snake. Final Fantasy VII snake. He will be like the Arceus of our thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and as per your uh, side idea, we will have a jaguar, but I think we it'll be like a roaming one. Yeah. Like it'll be like a Suicune. Mm-hmm. Like it'll. Uh, and I like that. You know, yeah. like you'll meet it at some point. It'll be and like our... a wampus. Yeah. 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 And our our game, our map, at least, has a shitload of rivers, so it would make sense that a jaguar is hopping around to see what is up Mm -hmm. on all these places. Um, We got some mythicals already. We got got jackalope. Mm -hmm. Um, So nothing wrong with that, because like Sinnoh, this part of the world has tons of myths or Mm folktales, and uh, we'll play into that. But um, in terms of type coverage... You know, in in terms of these sun sprites, I thought it would be cool if each of them is part fire. Yeah. Like, no, fire sense. ice, fire, yep. el- like, electric and yeah. fire something. I was going to say fire ice, too, would be a, a cool typing. And it's never been done. It hasn't. And um, <laughs> we, because, uh, again, when I was going through and, and kind of trying to map out the region in my head, I created these three um, areas where, like, hidden areas where you can find them, and I'll draw those on the map accordingly. Mm-hmm. Um, but those would work with these sun sprites. Mm-hmm. There's, like, a, there's a savanna, there's a, an ice cave, and mm-hmm. there's a... Something else. Yeah, and, um, yeah, so I, I think that would be pretty cool, to make, mm-hmm. like, playful fire sun sprites that mm-hmm. each embody yeah. a different form of light. And it'd be, so. like, Mess Spirit, you could see it as elf-ish, you yeah. know. So they've done like the cute little ones. That's what I think. Yeah, but these would be like or whatever the the tapu cocos. Yeah, I yeah, yeah I was thinking of the tapus. Like yeah. they've already they've they've done things like that previously. Mm-hmm. So it's not uh, yeah, it's so not out of the similar realm. vibes to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, we will begin working on those. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> I did my work. What's another prompt for me? It's the only way I try, Dan. <laughs> Well, well, no, but yeah. again, it's built on your prompts, and mm. you get final veto power. Mm. So, uh, what I want you to think on next, mm. um, and I advise caution with uh, this next one, because mm. there's a lot of things that have already been done, um, but it could be interesting. Mm. Um, our fourth gym leader, uh, he's a big astronaut boy. Yes. Um, he's going to be psychic, okay. uh, and I think what we decided, like, his gym is like... Uh, he's in, like, an anti-gravity simulation dome. Yeah, makes sense. Um, so, start mulling over his signature. Okay. Yeah. And, right. uh, you know, we can consult with Grant for yes, space. Can, I'll give him a phone call. What do you think of space? Yes, what is your opinion <laughs> on space? Uh, but start mulling over what he could wield. Um, right. You know, we, we already have a handful of ones that are space-themed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, obviously we got Soul Rock and Lunatone. Um, but, uh... I'm thinking, like, gravity. We need something gravity-focused. Yeah. Hmm. So... I'll be dwelling on it. Yeah, think on that, mm-hmm. um, and then I'll finalize his design to the best of my ability. Mm. Um, and yeah, so, uh, small steps into the bigger picture. Uh, we got a lot of content coming for that. 
Uh, we hope you enjoy it because it's yes. been keeping me sane. So yes, it's uh, giving me a, a weekly, um, another word for it, duty to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so do think on that, and mm-hmm. we will reconvene next week I about shall. that. Um, but sadly, now it is time to get into the Sinister Six. Oh boy! And what is the Sinister Six, Dan? For those who might just be jumping in thirty minutes into this episode, <laughs> uh, well, the uh, the Sinister Six uh, derives its name from the fact that uh, we each have a uh, pot of three movies apiece. Mm-hmm. Uh, we put three movies into a hat, uh, then the other person uh, takes them out at random, and we have to watch them. Yes. So six possible movies total at any given time, and, you know, we have no bearing on what the person picks, mm-hmm. um, and things could get pretty bad. Yeah. Um, but Or we could have hidden gems in here. Yeah, no, we could, yeah. but probably for the unintentional comedy variety. Yes. Um, but uh, yours tend to follow the classy, sassy, and trashy. Class, classy, cheesy, trashy. Yes. Um, and classy, sassy. <laughs> Don't call me Aunt Sassy. Those, those are the starters. So. I don't like that word, sassy. Unless we're watching Homeward Bound and we get Sassy the Cat. Sassy, uh, voiced by... Uh, oh, uh, 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 um, is Aunt it May? It, Sally Field. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Duke. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so yours follow those general trends. I try to keep mine... In a trio of genres. Um, so this time in the pot, I have sci-fi, action, and drama. L- loosely. <laughs> uh, under I, the, As the... much as Congo could be considered those in Supergirl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, Congo was, I by all means, yeah, a sci-fi and... because it was a failed Michael Crichton book. Yes. So it, it had to there be There was sci-fi. a giant space laser. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, th- those are the three that I have in here. Um, I do not have high expectations All right. <laughs> for this. Well, so You know, I didn't for some of mine, so... <laughs> uh, but we'll see what happens. It could be fun, it could be obnoxious, it could be uh, something in between. But I'll mix up the, the pot here. <laughs> mix them well, dear. I have mine labeled with code names for extra surprise, mm. so... And I'll reach my hand in. I see there are three separate pieces of paper in here. Mm-hmm. Drawing one out carefully. Fold it so neatly. Code name. Oh my gosh, Nano Machines Douglas. Very expensive. Okay. <laughs> uh oh. Um, <laughs> I'm about to have an okay day, uh, but nobody else will. Uh oh. Um, because you have picked the newest addition to the pot. Oh, of course. This is a trend that we keep setting. The yes. newest addition to the pots keep getting picked, huh? G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra. Oh my god. <laughs> what is this? G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra? A, a, I, uh, is that a DVD? It is. I told you that recently, while uh, moving some stuff around my house, I found a... <laughs> a crypt beneath the house. I found a, a Elden Ring tomb yeah. of terrible DVDs uh, that my family has accrued over the years, and... <sighs> What better way to put them to use? This one really took your eye, didn't it? You said G.I. Joe. Oh, no, Jonathan, Jonathan. (laughs) I've seen this movie dozens of times. If not a hundred times. So, I, my senses to this movie have been completely dulled. I I am blissfully unaware of any faults this movie may have. Um, But I think at this point, Sinister Six 
the, the spirit has become so antagonistic yeah, that true. I would put it in the pot because, <laughs> you know, you probably won't like it. <laughs> so. <laughs> so. <laughs> but um, this is, by all accounts, a bad movie. I, um, I couldn't tell, Dan. It is. It is a stupid movie, and it is, uh, I think it currently holds a 33 on wow. Rotten Tomatoes. So, Same year that Jesus died. Uh, better than, yeah, uh, better <laughs> than, um, I think, some of what we've showcased here, but... Uh, yeah, if you want to, if you want to handle oh, that, I'll for handle a bit. this. All right. Um, here, just look. The over box it. is just giving me like typical. I don't even know how to describe this. Like Metal Gear goes to Paris. I can see the Eiffel Tower in the background. Oh yeah, no, the Eiffel Tower is there. Um, so let's see here. Uh, bring up the trivia. Nonstop action, thrilling adventure, a high tech world of GI Joe. Yeah. Is Cobra from... Yeah, Cobra is from G.I. Joe. Cobra is from G.I. Joe, yeah. Huh. I think of the animated version, but I wouldn't be able to tell you that this was a movie, Dan. Um, well, a lot of people... This movie is not talked about often. Hmm. Um, at the very least, it is not... Uh, it kind of happened, and no one cares. Um, it did get a sequel, G.I. <laughs> Joe Retaliation. Well, we can um, hope for that another day, can't we? Uh, oh, <laughs> it'll be added. I'm sure that'll add right after this one. <laughs> Um, but, uh, okay, there's, there's a big tangent that I have to go down. All right. Um, because if I cannot entertain or amuse our audience, (laughs) I can teach, yeah. And I can at least pose our listeners a philosophical question. Um, but before I get into that, let's establish some things about the movie. Uh, G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra is a 2009 American military science fiction action film based on the popular toy franchise by Hasbro. Mm -hmm. It was, uh, directed by Stephen Summers, who you may know from the two Mummy movies that we like. Oh, okay. Um, it is based, it takes, like, some inspiration from the comic book series that G.I. Joe had, Mm -hmm. uh, and of course the toy line, G.I. Joe, A Real American Hero. Uh, The story follows mainly two G.I. Joe characters, Duke and Ripcord. Now, is Ripcord Uh, his given name? uh, Was he born Ripcord Jones or whatever his name is? I want to say we never hear his real name, so it could be. It's a sobriquet, then. (laughs) Um, So they joined the G.I. Joe team uh, after being attacked by uh, the Military Armaments Research Syndicate, Mars, uh, Mm. In the troops, but where's Cobra, you may ask? <laughs> I don't know. They're rising. So, <laughs> by the end of the movie, we'll see. Uh. <laughs> so, okay. Um, so here's here's my, my philosophical um, the point to all of this. Um, you look at that box, it is a generic 2000s action movie. Yes. Um, and it is also based on a Hasbro toy line. Mm-hmm. What does it have that in common with? Transformers. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> better. Well, I've had an odd experience with Transformers. No, and that's <laughs> that'll that'll come into play. All right, uh, that will come into play. So, um, a lot of documentaries have covered this stuff. I think that Netflix one, like the toys that made us, talked about this a lot. Um, but in the eighties and nineties, a lot of toy lines kind of went through, like, a mass production phase. Mm-hmm. Um, G.I. Joe had started out as, like, these six-scale, like, detailed army men figures mm-hmm. that had, like, 
super detailed clothing, realistic weapons. Yeah. yeah, like they came with all stuff. It was the Barbie like, for boys, in quotes. Literally, yeah. That that was that was always the, the Barbie dynamic. for men. Sorry. Yes, uh, <laughs> that was always the dynamic. I don't want to um, get the internet on our case again. But when, uh, but when the eighties rolled around and they saw what was becoming popular. Um, you know, He-Man was a big deal at the time, mm -hmm. and G.I. Joe followed a similar route, where the figures became uh, five points of articulation, so head turns, arms turn, legs move, um, little plastic figures, mass-producible, and you, you stick them in a, a giant vehicle, set, yeah. and it's like the anime was not a mistake, Flying Fortress with mm -hmm. Grant, Jonathan, and Dan, yep. and you, that's marketable. You can make commercials where kids are, like, shooting the spring-loaded things off, like, oh, yeah, like, mm -hmm. you know, shit yeah. like that. I was there. Um, <laughs> Contrary to popular belief. And and that kind of, you know, when people think back to that, like, the 80s and the 90s, like, G.I. Joe stands out along with Transformers and He-Man as, like, the big action figure things. The, the big boy toys. Mm -hmm. uh, whatever. Big boy toys. So, they, um... And I, and I say that to establish that, you know, if you look back, if you do even, like, a cursory search of all of the weird G.I. Joe sets that came out during that era, they're all sci-fi shit. Mm. It's all, like, you might have the action figures, like, wielding realistic military weapons, mm -hmm. but it'll be, like, the laser cannon yeah. helicopter tank or the transforming boat trains mm -hmm. like like all all hyper exaggerated yeah. sci-fi stuff that's fun for kids to play with um so we enter the 2000s and both this and transformers are due for their own little renaissance mm -hmm. so uh michael bay as we know Made the Transformers movies. Yes. Um, a lot of people have done breakdowns of those Transformers movies. Lindsay Ellis, mm -hmm. chiefest among them. Uh, and the problems that they have. Yes. Uh, namely, like, Lindsay Ellis's main takeaway was that uh, the movies are so loud and overcomplicated that nothing really sticks with you because mm -hmm. you're in, like, sensory overload mode, like, mode the entire time. Yeah, but time. look at Bumblebee Dance. <laughs> yes, uh, and he pees on that one guy. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it uh, another thing that was very noticeable that people have called out about those Transformers movies is that each of them has a lot of military stuff. Mm -hmm. It some like borderlining on propaganda sometimes. Yep. Uh, the first the few, one, the proud, the Transformers. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. uh, the, like the first one has extended scenes that take place in the Middle East. Oh, I've like, seen they, the first three a lot, Dan. Um, More than I should. Shamefully, we were at the we saw Revenge of the Fallen in theaters. Did we? Yeah. Was I there with yeah. you? Because one of the people we went with freaked out because they saw the uh, the aircraft carrier. Remember? No. Yeah. No. You you were there. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's coming back to me now. Yeah. <laughs> no, you had buried it. I did bury that. I didn't uh, know I saw that with you. And I've pulled it back. You want to know why? Because Transformers 2 I saw in Jersey Gardens and yes. had the best cinematic experience of my life. Yeah, I'm pretty Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure you, you saw it like... Because my parents, we were in the first row. We got there late. There were no assigned seats. First row, next craned. And I was like, this is the best movie I've ever seen. Yeah. Because the audience was just going ham. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, you know, you you have visual examples, yes. but like the the Transformers movies contained a lot of military stuff, yeah. 
Like, the first one, again, has the whole plot in the Middle East. Mm -hmm. There is just nothing but... Literally just nothing but info dumps about military technology and what the soldiers are doing and how they operate and this and that. And I always found that very weird because Transformers, if it has a theme, is kind of anti-war. Um, yes. Cybertron... Uh, is at war. Yes. Like, well, Cybertron was destroyed by war. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, in most cases, Cybertron isn't even livable anymore because it was, like... Ravaged. By war. Mm-hmm. And the, like, even the whole thing with Optimus is, like, you know, these humans are on the on the trail to become like us, but they don't have to. Like, maybe we can help them so that they don't go that way. And even in the movies, they try to do that... But they still shill a lot of military stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and again, like, you, you move into, like, the second movie, they had, like, the movie diverts for, like, 20 minutes to have one of the guys have, like, an aircraft carrier fire an experimental, like, rail gun mm-hmm. at one of the Transformers. And that was the moment when we saw it where one of our compatriots like jumped up and yeah like did the freeze frame in the air i don't remember Um, that i must have been sitting a seat to the side but if you say it it must be true uh, so it it was um it's ever present Mm -hmm. and even as the series moves beyond that point there are always soldier characters there are always um stuff like that like by the third movie there they integrated like the military into the transformers Mm -hmm. so it's like they're teaching soldiers how to fight big robots, and it's it's always a, like an ever-present angle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not here to, uh, you know, dictate any morality to it. Uh, if, you know, like a lot of... There have been a lot of good movies that have been made in tandem with the military, I guess. Like, they get funding or they lend them equipment, and it, you know, it, 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 it turns out the way it turns out. Um, certainly a lot of sci-fi movies have done that. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm pretty sure that's, like, a whole thing if you can get, like, if you can get the military to work with your movie, it'll save you some money, and Mm -hmm. then they, you know, they put a tank in or something, and then it's, like... But the question is, Mm -hmm. the philosophical turning point is, um, if Hasbro was shopping around to make action movies in the early 2000s, and they come to Michael Bay, a manly man, who had previously made cop and military movies. Mm-hmm. Why not G.I. Joe? Hmm. Why not, Dan? Why not G.I. Joe? I don't know. Maybe he'd like Transformers more. But it, it, it's, it's, it confuses me. Because yeah. with G.I. Joe... I think Transformers has more marketing 80s vibes to it, though. And that's what I would argue, too. Because I remember having Transformers, but not having G.I. Joes. From personal experience. No, Because I thought they were cooler. And, and that's what, like... And that's what I assume it was, that in the in the grand scheme of what kids would recognize at that moment, Transformers won. Yeah. But I, I just think that, like, if Michael Bay had wanted to make a movie that focuses on soldiers who use a mix of military technology and mm-hmm. goober sci-fi equipment, you got G.I. Joe right there. Why not have a crossover? Like, yeah. And <laughs> I think Joe they wanted Transformers, to. Transformers, yeah. They wanted to. See? But it didn't happen. That would have been a... Something. I think because this movie did bad, so... Well, yeah. Um, but, uh... But, yeah, I, I, I think on that often. I think on, like... You know, because the Transformers movies became a shit show. Mm. They, they... They... You don't retain a lot of those movies when you, uh... I've seen, I think, all of them. 
but they are weird. Mm. They are they are very busy movies, yeah. and they uh, they do a lot of like product placement, a lot of like weird shilling, a mm-hmm. lot of like you know uh, problematic shit. They do like a lot of uh, you know attempts at being serious, but then they're all over the place. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they the are... tone is very. Um, but that's just something I, I want because, uh, you know, it's one of the reasons I put it in the pot because I've mm-hmm. always wondered, like, what if Michael Bay just took G.I. Joe? Yeah, it'd like, be a different timeline, yeah. for sure. Like, I, because I think... Then we could have Scorsese do Transformers. Exactly. And, and then it would be an art house picture. And he would have got... <laughs> and the superheroes yeah. would have never happened! Yeah. It, 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 oh, we would have been saved in that timeline <laughs> to go back. It, it would have been a brave new world, but, <laughs> but alas, here we are. Um, but anyway, uh... So, this movie had, you know, it was kind of in the works for a bit. Uh, the a script was written, but then a draft of it was leaked online, um, and it was criticized very much. What? <laughs> um, so, they, uh, you know, they eventually got it going. Uh, let me see here. Sorry, I gotta scroll through my thing here. Mm. Um, okay, so, uh, I think originally in the 90s, Warner Bros. was approached with the potential to do a G.I. Joe film, but instead, uh, they focused the company's efforts on the Mortal Kombat movies. <laughs> so, another timeline mm. uh, divergence there. Slight shift, yeah. Um, so, you know, rumors had been all over the place, uh, but then in 2003, Lorenzo di Bonaventura, uh, who I think has produced his fair share of big-budget stinkers over mm-hmm. the years. I've heard the name Lorenzo D. before, so... Yeah, it, he's... I If he hasn't come up on Sinister Six before, he's come up probably on your other podcast yeah. in terms of bad movies mm-hmm. that have been made. Um, so, uh, he wanted to make a film about advanced military technology, um, and Hasbro contacted him and suggested that the film could be based on the G.I. Joe toy line. Uh, they, uh, Brian Goldner, who was the guy from Hasbro, worked together with D. Bonaventura, uh, to, uh, you know, to create, like, they, they had previously worked together to make toy lines for his movies, mm-hmm. um, so then they came together for this. Um, they, uh, got the screenwriter for 300 <laughs> to write a, uh, an origin story of certain characters. Um, they introduced the new character of Rex, uh, who does become important, um, and the Duke, uh, well, the character Duke became, the Duke? not the Duke, Duke becomes the, the main character. Uh, they were interested on filming the property, but when the Iraq War started, I think in 2003, uh, they decided that it was no longer appropriate to make this movie. Mm. Um, so, uh, it, it was a lot of, um, like, they credited you know the whole thing with the iraq war and president bush with not going forward with this movie because they didn't want to you know they not only did they not want to make a movie called you know gi joe in that time frame but cobra could have been seen as problematic during that time Mm -hmm. Uh, cobra is pretty goober but a lot of times they've ran into problems with that character because he either looks like generic like you know, he, he's a guy in a hood. Yeah. So, whatever you look at him and you see, it could be trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, and this movie 
sort of sidesteps that, but... Mm. Uh, Do we not see him a la, like, Dr. Claw from uh, Inspector Gadget? Uh, no. Yeah. Um, it's a, just an actual snake. <laughs> uh, so, the, uh, that script that was written um, was, uh, was leaked online, um, and in that version, the Cobra organization had been dropped completely in favor of, like, another, I think, another character they pulled out of the comic book lore. Um, this, uh, like, there was a lot of things that annoyed fans, like Snake Eyes talks. If you don't know, Snake Eyes is a silent ninja. He swore an oath to silence after I his master that, was killed. I hope to learn. Um, you know, and then they, uh, but the vocal backlash, um, <laughs> to that, that script getting leaked prompted a rewrite. Um, and, uh, all the while, uh, there is a recurring thing that D. Bonaventura and his people thought that Cobra was pretty stupid. <laughs> so oh, well, they, they, they describe idea. it as probably the stupidest evil organization to ever be put mm. to fiction. So wow. <laughs> I looked up a uh, bon Vomentora, whatever his name yeah. is, tied closely to the Transformers series as a producer yeah. now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Stardust was interesting, because I love that movie. Mm -hmm. That was one of his earliest. And then the new Pet Cemetery and a vague Pet Cemetery prequel that might be made. Yes. Yeah. <sighs> so yeesh. Yeah. Um, so, uh, they eventually got, uh, Stephen Summers on board because he visited Hasbro's headquarters in Rhode Island, um, and the main thing that got the project going was, uh, the success of Transformers. Mm. Um, so, uh, Summers joined the project, he thought that it kind of reminded him of James Bond, um, he just, he wanted to, uh, to do something kind of like the underwater battle in Thunderball, the James Bond movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that is present. Oh, you'll, you'll see. Uh, we're going nautical. <laughs> but, uh, you know, a lot of other people, like people from the G.I. Joe comic and everything, like staff from there were brought in to, you know, change elements that might have annoyed fans. Um, you know, they, they made sure that Snake Eyes remained silent, etc., etc. Um, there was another problem when the Writers Guild of America strike happened that mm. caused a few more delays, um, and then there was another controversy where Summers said that, uh, G.I. Joe has been redesigned as a Brussels-based outfit whose name stands for Global Integrated Joint Operating Entity, um, <laughs> But, uh, funnest fact of them all, in the, in everything else, G.I. Joe is just named after the original Joe guy. Yeah. It's just like... Any Joe. Average Joe. He... Well, no. No, not average Joe. Okay. A... a there was a literal guy called G.I. Joe, and they... Uh, Bruce Willis plays him in the sequel. Of course. Um, he... In the, they just took the organization's name from him because he was a, a big hero. Mm. Uh, but, um... You know, then more controversy <laughs> that was sidestepped. Oh my god! They're still just GI Joe. Um, you know, the, the Hasbro reiterated they are not changing what GI Joe was about, and the name will always be synonymous with bravery and heroism. Uh, and they insisted that it was going to be a modern retelling of the GI Joe versus Cobra story. Uh, you know, and it, it filmed in some of the usual locations, Los Angeles, Paris. <laughs> so uh, you know, yeah, look forward to that. Um, you know, there's a lot of, uh, weird things. Mm -hmm. Um, and this is a recurring element with the movies that I bring to the table. Um, he, Summers was like, 
uh, astute that yeah. the technology that he was showcasing in this movie could become possible. Mm. Um, well, but, judging by the flying machines on the front. And the lasers uh, and the nano machines. <laughs> yes, um, I... It is not. Yeah. Um, he, there's also a thing in here that I think the military is toyed with where it's like a rear projecting camera that makes the person invisible. Mm. I, I don't know about that, but it, it Summers insisted that this was something that... Um, Could be done. Yes. And would be done. Um, so there's, there's tons of other weird things. There's, mm. there's tons of... Um, in order to get, like, an action scene in, or to get a more conventional, like, sci-fi tech scene in, at one point, the characters, the main characters rampage around Paris in their accelerator suits. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and uh, you know... A la Cyborg 009. Yeah, and, and they, um, the suits do nothing else in the movie. They are just there so that the characters can run through Paris and destroy a shitload of property uh, that culminates with the Eiffel Tower being destroyed. Oh, no! Um, and <laughs> the, the suits never show up again. And everyone was saying that they look like the NFL, um, like, if you ever watched any NFL games, there, there the used aftermath, to be, like, yeah. like oh, the, uh... I thought you meant, like, people rioting in the streets. No, no. <laughs> on, on when they broadcast NFL games, there used to be, like, those fake robotic football yes, players. Yes, People thought it looked like those. Okay. So, uh, not, not the best comment. Um, there, the, the aid offered by, um... Like, the U United States military was limited because most of the stuff in the movie is made up. Mm. So what? They couldn't help. <laughs> um, and yeah, it, it, it was, uh, there's a lot of CGI, a lot of CGI sets. Um, you know, there was a lot of, like, tie-in stuff, a lot of tie-in video games, toys, games, etc. Um, but, you know, it, the, the movie was, um, it opened number one at the box office. What? Um, it was the third Hasbro film to make, uh, to reach number one after Transformers and Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. Mm -hmm. Um, and for its time, it was, uh, the 22nd highest grossing film of 2009 and the 10th highest grossing film that year worldwide. Mm -hmm. Uh, critical response, uh, was, was pretty bad. Mm -hmm. Uh, they decided to not screen the film for critics. <laughs> um, and when it finally got screened, it, it, uh, settled at a 33 on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, it is a, uh, described as a largely cartoonish, over-the-top action fest propelled by silly writing, inconsistent visual effects, and merely passable performances. Um, so, a lot of people were, a lot of fans were upset because they felt that they had, uh, discarded the G.I. Joe mythos, um, to tell a regular 2000s action movie. Uh, and, and that is, that is... Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of unfriendly words have been said. Um, I think I'll be adding to their camp. <laughs> uh, in, in, in terms of uh, in terms of cringe corner, uh, there's there's a uh, twofold. Uh, usually a double cringe. Yeah, double cringe. Oh. We we reserve cringe corner for what we think are like the, the worst big, elements. Yeah. Well, the worst are like the noticeable elements. Um, so, as per the code name I gave the movie, uh, one of the cringiest elements that kind of prevents it from even being, like, a more grounded sci-fi story... The nano-machines. The nano-machines. Yeah. Uh, they are, like, a green stink cloud, um, thing <laughs> Are you talking are... about the movie or the nano-machines? <laughs> um, they are, uh, the main MacGuffin of the movie... Mm. 
Um, and they are they they eat through metal mm-hmm. and other things, and, and so they're hungry, hungry nano machines. Like they really. Where's the hungry, hungry hippos movie? <laughs> That's what I want. to Give ask. it time. <laughs> Give it time. All they need is like a mobile phone game. I'll and play Green Hippo. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> and it it was a uh, codename Green Hippo. Uh, but the yeah, the nano machines are pretty bad. They kind of like. Even if this was trying to be like a slick 2000s action movie, the nano machines kind of <laughs> destroy that. Any hope it had at being that. Mm-hmm. Um, in Cringe Corner Part 2 is uh, the, the guy playing Destro has like every cringe movie like villain line mm-hmm. that you could imagine. And I think because of bad editing, he sometimes either repeats things or says them out of order. Oh. Um, he could just not have a good memory. Yeah. <laughs> the so, character. <laughs> uh, and actually, if we want to get technical, this cringe corner is threefold oh. because the man himself, Cobra, comes about in a way that you'll probably guess within five minutes of the movie starting. Mm. Um, but he's not good. Not that not that Cobra Commander has ever been. You know, he. I'm Cobra. Yeah. Like he. Like that's all he does. He mm-hmm. flies in. He. Shoots yeah. lasers, yeah. and um, but this movie tries to make him a serious threat, and it does not go well. But mm-hmm. you gotta watch the movie to see how he rises. So, <laughs> do you have any expectations? Well, my expectations, <laughs> I don't think this is a real movie, Dan Ryan. Oh, it's I, real. So, <laughs> because the way you describe it, there's so much controversy. Like, number one during that time, I think Transformers just totally eclipsed this for me. I don't, I've never seen a trailer. I've never really, <laughs> I did never know. Dan oh well okay <laughs> I this movie got dumped on cable TV mm-hmm. the first chance it got I didn't have cable so and that's where I've seen it yeah I've seen this movie again dozens upon dozens of times because it was one of those things I put it on in the background as background noise mm-hmm. and I'm like oh this is gonna be shit yeah. And then I, like, oh, it's on again. Mm-hmm. Because USA Network would show it, like, once a day yeah. <laughs> because they, they needed to fill yeah. time. Well, it makes sense. You were playing with your G.I. Joes and I was reading Chaucer and Rabelais instead. But oh, that's just yeah. Me. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> you chose your toys and I chose literature. Uh, let the meat cake. Yeah. As it were. <laughs> that's the only quote you seem to know. <laughs> <laughs> you go with intelligence build I hit things so. but yeah my expectations are really low but usually that's a good point to set on yeah. these movies yeah. so uh, I'm looking forward to this I think it could produce some larfs mm-hmm. at the very least mm-hmm. uh, and it'll be unpleasant for you I guess um, but <laughs> great but it might not it might be you might find it hysterical yeah. I don't know because yeah. the acting is bad the visual effects are pretty bad Everything's just bad, uh, but, you know, our podcast is good. So. <laughs> just call me G.I. Wish I was watching a better movie. <laughs> Join us after the jump and uh, pray that your ripcord actually works. The snake has two heads. One is sassy, the other stupid. 
We just watched G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra. Uh, any initial thoughts? <laughs> you said that with horror in your voice, Dad. I actually liked it better than I thought I would. A lot better. This was not a clunker, Dad. This was fine. It was fun. It was a little overlong, but... Yeah, yeah. It, I, it was stupidly fun. It's a good hangover movie. Yeah, it okay. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a pleasant little popcorn yeah, movie. It was stupid enough to like mm-hmm. not be a blip on my radar. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, and I think going back over it with a uh, a critical comb, I suppose, um, this is definitely. I feel like shortly after this movie, audiences became less tolerant of the superheroes destroying entire yeah, cities. These, for being, like, people of the people, yeah. they do a lot of damage. Like, and I feel like after, like, post-Man uh, of Steel and Avengers and everything, like, they started, like, okay, the good guys are not going to let people get shot, and they're not going to let city blocks explode. Um, so that's, I, I, I didn't realize that that, like, cause this is still in the phase, like the Transformers movies were, where it's like, millions of, of like, you know, entire chunks of civilization will be destroyed, <laughs> and then like, nobody will- No one cares. I mean, the only, the, the real ones to suffer in this movie were Are the- the French. Were the Parisians. <laughs> <laughs> You know, so it's it's negligible, but so many cafes, bistros, <laughs> patisseries, yeah, out of business. Uh, so, um, a few things uh, to note before we get into this. Mm-hmm. Um, generally, you know, I think there were like hundreds of GI Joe characters by the time they got into that like action figure '90s phase. Um, so between the comics and everything else, it's just like the Transformers, like, they have an entire database of, of random pun-named characters to pull from, Mm -hmm. uh, and I think it, it kind of creates the sense that for each movie, for each project, they pull from a random group. Usually Scarlet is in there, um, I think Scarlet's, like, the most notable, uh, like, Joe to show up in this movie, because... There are a lot that show up in the sequel who I think people find more mainstream than, like, Heavy Duty or Breaker or even, like, Duke. Um, mm. But I I feel like Duke is sometimes used as a protagonist, but it's, like, random assortment. And the same thing with the bad guys. Like, it's always Cobra Commander up top, and then his second-in-command is usually, like, Destro, who's the guy with the metal face. Mm-hmm. And then they have an entire army of pun-named, like, you know, Storm Shadow, Zartan, Mm -hmm. like, all kinds of, like, the Baroness, of course. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so keep in mind that they're kind of drawing in these random characters and, like, whether or not they, anyone notices or if that stands out is, Mm -hmm. you know, if whether or not you're a fan of the properties. Um, I had no familiarity going into it aside from Cobra and Destro. Uh, but apparently they do. They have a huge, they got a huge assortment. Yes. Um, so, uh, the film, oddly enough, opens in, uh, medieval France. France, 1641. <laughs> I said, I wouldn't have predicted this to be the start of the G.I. movie. Um, Is this the last duel? We see a, a Scottishman, uh, McCullen. Well, oh. we wouldn't be able to tell by his accent. I'll yeah, no. Say that. It's, uh, it's a bad Scottish accent, and yeah. then bad French people are confronting him. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. 
So another he, disservice to the French in this movie. It's, it's all it's full of insults to the French. Uh, but they he is dragged before a group of like French nobles who accuse him of selling weapons to the enemies of King Louis whatever the 18th or whatever yeah. Uh, uh, while simultaneously selling weapons to the king himself. Mm-hmm. Um, so for his treachery. Uh, he is, uh... In dons an iron mask. Yeah, like a molten metal mask is placed over his face. You know, we're not gonna kill you, we're just gonna teach you a lesson, but a lot of science comes into question in this film. I think if a a mask is preheated to, like, a thousand degrees, you will probably die. Yeah, I don't don't think medieval medical science could keep you alive with your face getting burned off. Mm -hmm. Um, but either way, he swears revenge and he swears that his... His seed uh, will carry on. <laughs> will, will carry on and profit from war for generations to come. Yeah. Uh, and, and then in the not too distant future <laughs> of 2009, yeah. um, his uh, his descendant James McCullen is uh, is showcasing via his uh, his Mars. <laughs> it's the military armament research. <laughs> I just society. really wanted the Mars bars <laughs> every um, time I saw it. So he's with his company. He's showcasing the nanomites, yep. uh, which are nanotechnology warheads. Well, literal bugs, li- literal <laughs> little nanobugs that can eat um, artificial. They eat anything, honey. Yeah, and this is one of those things that also dawns on. Like this is one of those like he could have made billions if he sold this as like a means to clean up industrial waste. Mm-hmm. But instead, he's got to do the For he's got to yeah. do wars. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's like, more fun that way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and it looks like slime in these warheads. <laughs> yeah, it's it's green slime, uh, and it, you can fire it at a city. It will eat all of the artificial material, and then you can push a button on a big and tablet, yeah. and that'll shut it off so it doesn't eat the whole Thing. planet. Yeah. I guess. Um, so you can do strategic strikes with it, uh, and he has spent, like, 11 years and a billion dollars building four of these warheads, mm-hmm. um, which are currently being transported, uh, to NATO. Mm-hmm. Um, but none other than Channing Tatum and Marlon Wayans. <laughs> yes, uh, as Duke and Ripcord, respectively. Yeah. What a pair. Um, so, uh, nothing about else about the beginning is very specific. They are, uh... They're going from a random, made-up Middle Eastern country to, to random location to NATO, yeah. Uh, yeah. whatever that direct uh, route. So uh, they are transporting these things. We get a little banter between Duke and Ripcord. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ripcord wants to transfer to the Air Force because he likes planes. Yeah, um, but later. but Duke wants to like he keeps boots on the ground. He wants to be where the fight is not over. It mm-hmm. uh, okay, you know establishes yeah. their interaction. Yeah. Um, suddenly an invisible laser plane appears. <laughs> <laughs> and we're getting it. That's, that's my next note. I don't know what details I've skipped. A laser plane does show up and it attacks the convoy. Um, and it's got, uh, it's got lasers and it makes short work of... <laughs> decimates this yeah, entire platoon. I think we we had a laugh for the, oh god. Yeah, well, there, one, one shot is this guy, oh my god, and he just explodes. Um, and the convoy is, you know, attacked by... A pretty lady. They're completely outmatched by this tech, um, and a pretty lady emerges from the la- uh, lady plane, the l- laser plane. Uh, the lady laser plane. She's got glasses, she's evil. <laughs> and she's got a skin-tight battle suit on. And two OP handguns yeah. that shoot sonic like booms. Yeah. 
Uh, so, like, all of, uh, Duke and Ripcord's, like, unit is decimated, mm-hmm. um, briefly, the, uh, this, this woman in the glasses, the, the Baroness, yeah. manages to take the briefcase. Sienna Miller. Sienna Miller, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, manages to take the briefcase, um, but... Not before meeting Duke with a backhanded, oh, it's you. Yeah, and yeah. Duke recognizes her, yeah. too, as, uh, as Anna. Anna. Uh, and I think we get the first spark of like the a flashback, the sepia tone the, the, flashback, one lunch date flashback of reading <laughs> a, a book in the park. Yeah. Um, so there's going to be a lot of those. Um, and Duke manages to catch up with her and get the briefcase back, uh, seemingly because the Baroness hesitates mm-hmm. to shoot him, uh, and she has to make an escape because the the GI Joes arrive on the scene in their own hyper advanced uh, thing. We yes. we see Scarlet. Who has a is a red haired lady? Yeah, with uh, a, a re- winding crossbow. Yeah, a laser it, like, has the video footage and then tracks them later using a rewind function. Yeah, she. It's it, weird. It's very weird. Uh, but she can like target people with her little crossbow, mm-hmm. and I think that's her signature accessory in terms of an action figure. So mm-hmm. it makes sense. Um, uh, but there's also heavy duty who has a big machine gun, uh, and Snake Eyes, who is a ninja. Um, <laughs> He's the good uh, white ninja, as you said, the good American ninja. <laughs> yeah, uh, Storm Shadow, the Japanese one, is the mm. bad guy. So. I don't know if that aged well. It, it definitely doesn't. Yeah. Uh, I think in they, they finally recast him mm-hmm. as like a Japanese guy in that other Snake Eyes movie that they made, mm. but... I, I don't think anyone saw that. Oh, so I don't I don't I don't know where. Yeah, not even you. No, I. Wow. I I it takes a lot to get me to the movies these days. So <laughs> Snake Eyes wasn't enough. A train convention, hey, okay, but the movies. I, yeah. <laughs> Damn, I, 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 well, no, it's when to call it quits. So the uh, yeah, so they are saved and they retrieve um, the the war heads. They have the warheads. And then they get contacted by Abernathy. Uh, who was Dennis Quaid. Yeah. Uh, he shows up via hologram. hologram. A lot in this movie. There's a lot of hologram fakeouts. Mm-hmm. They use that at least five or six times, and it it, 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 it never old. matters. Yeah. Because everything is CGI anyway, mm-hmm. so it's... Uh, mm-hmm. I now think this opening is the only non-CGI yeah. scene in yeah. the entire uh, And Abernathy's film. like, come to me. Meet me. Since you won't let go of the, the warheads. Yeah. That's your, like directive yeah duke is like i'm not yeah. compromising the mission i don't let go of this case until mm-hmm. nato signs off and he's like fine come back to our super secret desert base headquarters yeah. in egypt yeah and then like there's some lines offhanded here like you've got a kung fu grip i'm like all right i get it like, yeah yeah they sell some toys here they drop a few they drop they drop a knowing is half the battle mm-hmm. later on which was the famous psa <laughs> thing when the gi yes. joes would do drug things yeah um, so they, they head to, uh, Egypt. For the Spy Kids base. Uh. <laughs> We've got the water, the underwater, the tundra, all <laughs> in this the, one contained location. The, we see the invisibility cloak is getting a test drive. Yeah, it makes you invisible. And it and all can... thanks to Cisco Wi-Fi. That's right, Cisco Wi-Fi. Yeah, some, some very prominent product placement. Uh, the, this entire installation runs off Cisco. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't, uh. That and Double Bubble got their money's worth yes. out of this movie. Um, so they uh, they rendezvous with uh, General Hawk in person. Uh, he takes command of the Warheads and he excuses Duke and Ripcord, uh, only to be convinced to let them join after Duke reveals that he knows the Baroness. Yes. 
uh, evil sexy gra- glasses lady backstory with Duke. Mm-hmm. Her name was uh, Anna Lewis, and uh, you know she uh, was was his fiance. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but we also see that uh, not McDougal. What's his name? Mc- McCullen. <laughs> Mc- I just called him McDougal because it was easier. McCullen holograms and is like, let me check the warheads. Put in this code. Yeah. And then Amelia's like, oh, he's a bad guy. That code was to track them again. He's yeah. working for the other team. And they really don't try to hide that. Because, yeah. like, even immediately Breaker is like, my emotional readings scanner yeah. was all over the place. <laughs> he's he was evil. lying. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so... It, Duke and Ripcord chill out, mm-hmm. and they decide to undergo uh, pre- preliminary training to join Including the Joes. playing Superman 64, yeah. <laughs> doing that one Men in Black scene. Going through the rings, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, not even, because the Men in Black scene had a point. Yeah. This is just shooting people. Yeah. So. <laughs> Which, why would they have four digits on that counter? They only got to, like, 20 hits. It's the record. They would have two digits then, right? You can save that one for the CinemaSins I... breakdown. I don't, uh... I'm sorry. It's well, true, it's though. Nitpicking. Yeah. Um, and then we get to see the underwater evil cobra base. <laughs> yeah, so the big underwater base. Yeah. There's a cobra in a tank. A deadly, deadly snake. <laughs> uh, and that's when uh, the doctor, uh, who has a, a breathing mask and a monocle, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, emo bangs... It shows up and he's giving a presentation to McCullen and yeah. he's like, uh, "These are our super soldiers. We injected him with the micro machines." He calls them super neo vipers. Yeah, yeah, neo vipers. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "They have, they got nanomites on the brain. They got no emotion, no feeling, no remorse." Mm-hmm. But then in in later scenes, they scream and react yeah. to pain. So <laughs> I mean, you can't channel that emotion. He no. said he didn't factor that in. He's... Another another CinemaSins yeah. point on the board. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, uh, you know... And the 20th Neo-Vipers in DC. Yes. Remember that. <laughs> It'll come back at the end of the film. Um, so they, he does, like, a demonstration where he commands one of the Neo-Vipers to put his arm in a container with the Cobra, mm-hmm. who bites. Yeah. Um, but the uh, nano machines prevent him from having any kind of response to it, and then forcibly eject the venom from his bloodstream. Mm-hmm. Uh, so these are super soldiers. Yes. Um... And McCullen kind of goes on a little, like, motive rant about how, like... I wore this, or my family wore this iron mask, so now I'm just gonna sell this to, like, the highest bidder or whatever. Yeah, this would be his motive song in the the Broadway adaptation, and that's where he would sing about that. It would be an iron mask. The symbolism's really donking us over the head here. (laughs) Make this easy to understand. There would be a reprise of it near the end. Um, So, they're walking around, (laughs) and, uh... He basically says that he used that little, like, scan of the warheads to reactivate the tracking device Mm -hmm. on the briefcase. Um, And he sends Storm Shadow and the Baroness to retrieve the warheads. Mm -hmm. And we get the first hint of, like, did you hesitate because you love them? Don't they stop and parry first? Don't we get that Baroness backstory before this? Uh, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Um, they, uh, yeah, so they're like, uh... Well, Duke knows her. Like her yeah. real name's Anna Lewis, and they're trying to use facial recognition technology to find her. But they're yeah. really they use the it. Facebook yeah. data sweep algorithm, algorithm mm-hmm. thing to find mm-hmm. her. Um, and you know, so McCullen sends uh, Storm Shadow Baroness. Oh no, along. we do stop out of Paris because I wrote Miss Piggy costume and Anna's husband. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, okay. They so, like make a quick thing that like she's rich. And yeah, that's and right. Storm Shadow gives the line like, you know, I was instructed if any man touches you, I should kill him. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So and we have that really long hallway. 
yeah <laughs> at the palatial paris estate the the uh the yubaba yeah. like hallway but um oh yeah quick so we get just like an establishment that the baroness is called such yeah. because she's married to a rich european baron uh who is also a nuclear physicist it's something along the um, lines yeah he can reactivate nuclear uh, warheads that's his main thing uh it's all part of the plan and then we see like her transition i wasn't always a brunette <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was a blonde and we see her and duke falling in love like <laughs> oh, oh, oh toasting yeah. yeah um and, and then, then her brother played by joseph gordon Okay, yeah, so that is the engagement yes. scene. I said, Joseph Gordon-Levitt! Because they're doing the, the 20s USO swing dance, yeah. and then, like, uh, we see in the past that Duke proposed to her, because mm-hmm. she still has the what, the engagement ring, um, and uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is her younger brother. And that's when I knew he was going to play a major role. I said, you don't cast Jorson, Jorson, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and not have him play... Yeah. A certain other role. Well, they telegraph everything. They're yeah. like, don't, don't let my brainiac... But the thing is, I asked you during the movie, you said no. You you, no, you asked if he played Snake Eyes. Oh. He doesn't become Snake Eyes. Oh. Uh, but hey, was there was a deception? Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> you got me. But uh, he, uh, yeah, and then Ripcord was also there. Uh, <laughs> we get like the tertiary, like, uh, you promise to protect Duke. And she'll be like, I'll, I'll love him forever. And I'll never be a Baroness rich or evil. I'll never be evil laser lady. <laughs> and then and then it goes, goes back to the present. Um so then, I believe... We see training Brendan Fraser. Yeah, Brendan Fraser shows up, because mm-hmm. he is friends with the director, mm-hmm. Stephen Summers, from the, the Mummy movies. Yep. Uh, you know, Duke and Ripcord get their training montage. Uh, Scarlet and Ripcord flirt. Yes. She has, like, I'm too brainy, I don't feel emotions. And he's, like, but just she, throwing jokes at her. Uh, she will 15 minutes later yep. in the movie. Yep, she'll be too emotional then. She'll be too emotional. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just... Yeah. yeah. Again, there's parts where this movie stumbles, and it's like, because there's a scene that takes place during what what Jonathan is referencing is this moment where she's like, uh, you know, I I don't engage in in yeah. flings because that's like romance is an emotion, and mm-hmm. if to me, I'm not I'm not level headed when I'm emotional. Like, yeah. yeah. If you can't quantify something, yeah. then you can't. Mm-hmm. It's not real. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you think that that's going to be like. A character arc for her but no but then like <laughs> 10 minutes later that payoff yeah. happens uh so yeah um because uh after immediately after duke and ripcord pass their training uh the the bad guys <laughs> show up in their drills drill, their mole what, yeah. what did they call mole poles mole, uh, mole, mole pods mole pods <laughs> The apple mole pods, uh, they drill into the the underground base. And, and the destruction commences. It takes a while for the Joes to notice that yeah. their base well, is they being kill, sieged. Well, they kill, or try to kill, they kill that one lady, who's like Abernathy's second. They kill unnamed blonde yeah, lady. Yeah, who's definitely like producer's friend. Yes. <laughs> got a speaking role. <laughs> she gets like, she gets like a sword through the chest. Yeah, very violent deaths in this film. And then Abernathy pushes the buzzer and every Joe's like, oh. <laughs> well, okay, and Abernathy gets a samurai sword across the chest, but he's okay. Yeah, he lives. He he, he shows up later in, in a, a wheelchair, wheelchair. But he's better. Even though he got film. a sword slash across the, the torso. I don't know, yeah. but uh, I don't know why Storm Shadow wouldn't have just killed him. And but then we learn that Storm Shadow doesn't kill woman. He doesn't kill. He doesn't kill woman. No, okay. <laughs> but Zartan does because yeah. Zartan's <laughs> Zartan's a, there, the actor friend uh, played by other Scottish man. Yeah, uh, uh, but, I'll look it up. But Zartan yeah. is a scumbag. He's an actor. Uh, <laughs> He's an actor. 
and, and we, we don't know what purpose he's serving, but he always is whistling a tune, mm-hmm. symbolically. Arnold Vosloo. Yeah, he's in a lot of stuff. Mm. You, you'll If you saw his face, you'll, you'll recognize Dark him. Dark Man, Mummy Returns, Mummy. He's Imhotep. Oh, duh. Okay, yeah, he is Imhotep. <laughs> yeah. God damn it. Ah, oh, fuck. Oh, my brain is... Okay. Yeah, you're overloaded. The man. nanomachines. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, uh, this, 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 you know, the base is under attack. Yeah, well, the, the, the half of this movie is just fight scenes between the corresponding pairs that you think would fight. It's like, oh, Anna's fighting... The Baroness is fighting Scarlet. Oh, (laughs) Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow are fighting. Oh, Duke is fighting this guy. Heavy Duty doesn't get to do anything. No, Heavy Duty doesn't. And Circuit barely gets to do anything, too. Breaker. Breaker. You got the wrong part of the phrase. All right. Never mind, then. (laughs) It's just Breaker. Mm. The Frenchman. (laughs) Oh, we'll get to him. We'll get to him. Um, So, they... I have to mention this. The Baroness is fighting Scarlet and she has this invisibility cloak, but she's getting strangled. Yes. And then as soon as she turns invisible, the Baroness is like, where did she go? What? And then let's go of the of the strangling... Because she was choking her yeah. with a chain. Yeah. And then Baroness... Or no, Scarlet turns Just, invisible. Yeah, and then like gets out of it. And then she's like, Whoa? And then drops it. And then that's how Barrett, like that's how Scarlet gets out of that. Yeah, so there's a lot of shenanigans with this case being backed around. And like all these poor Joes getting blown up <laughs> every yeah. which way to Sunday. These extras. Well, because there's one part where the Baroness, when uh, when Storm Shadow was on the doofy jetpack, Baroness is just shooting blindly into the sides yeah. of like, this yeah, space. Yeah, killing anything. Um, you know, but her and Duke have another standoff mm-hmm. where they're like, you know, Duke has a chance to shoot her and Baroness is like, you wouldn't dare, yeah. like, you don't have the moxie to do that. And yeah. Storm Shadow's just standing there. Well, no, he hops into a paraglider. <laughs> And then Ripcord is also off camera because yeah. he's like, "Duke, yeah, look out!" There forever, uh, because then, like a like a bomb goes off, and you know Duke is incapacitated. Mm-hmm. Uh, Storm Shadow, carrying Baroness with the briefcase, yeah. escapes on a jetpack, and then they kill a random camel walker outside. Yeah, Zartan. So- Kills a guy who was walking by with some camels and stays in Egypt, but we never actually. There's no. Yeah. There's no resolution for no. that. He's he's not in Egypt. The next time we see him, mm-hmm. I don't know why he would be in it. Maybe a deleted scene. I don't know. Yeah. We didn't check the DVD extras, but there might be something on there. Yeah. Um, and then my favorite element out of all these action movies: who's playing the president in this version? It happens to be Jonathan Price, <laughs> trained actor, Broadway, Shakespearean, the works. And I said. Well, he would take this role because it's literally three sentences he's and a paycheck. He stands in the Oval Office set and he's concerned. Looks out the window, yeah. Yeah. Says the Joes have to get it done. Yeah. That's it, yeah. Because the, the warheads are... Uh, They're common. ...have been stolen. Yeah. Um, so, uh, the Baroness and Storm Shadow uh, take them to uh, the Baron de Cobre's lab. Well, Dan, you're missing some things here. We get the whole uh, Storm Shadow backstory. Oh, yeah, no, of course, yeah. yeah. Tokyo 20 years earlier, poor Snake Eyes is just a hungry waif coming off the streets mm-hmm. to steal a bowl of rice. And From... then Storm Shadow, already a dick's like, thief, and these two kids go at it. Yeah. <laughs> they have one of the most well-choreographed yeah. fight scenes in that entire, in the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Storm Shadow's like, he's a wretch, he's a cur, he's, yeah. you know, and then old the, monk. Old Pai Mei is there. <laughs> and he's like, like <laughs> no, he is a we good boy. We have to invite boy. them in, yes, and learn. What, They'll train here. What will we call you? Because we should note that little Storm Shadow is still called Storm Shadow. That's his yeah, that's name. That's his name. Um, and he's like, what will we call you? And then 
he little gets snake, snake eyes, eyes <laughs> to the camera smirks and uh yeah. but it's established yeah that they that they have a history that they mm-hmm. have a rivalry yeah so then the bad team wants to test these warheads zartan has a meeting with the doctor and gets injected with the dew yeah but he, as an actor, can handle this, I guess. And they're like, oh, it can change everything. Your facial structure, your hair follicles, your skin tone. And I went, please don't make him black. Please don't make him black. Please don't make him black. Yeah, don't worry. He'll, Thankfully, they didn't. Yeah, he'll dabble in that in the next movie. Uh, but <laughs> there, uh, yeah, but th- there's like a little moment where Zartan, like, takes a mind control chip out mm-hmm. of the, the goo <laughs> syringe. So he's like, I'll keep my, my own mind, brain. Thank, thank you. you. And... It makes even less sense why he was in Egypt, because he's... I think they just scooped him up afterwards. Like, we saw them get into the plane, I think he just went to another destination and they scooped him up. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I'm overthinking it. The least of our problems coming. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Uh, But then, uh, Storm Shadow and the Baroness retrieve the warheads. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay, is that before or after Ripcord and Scarlet have their cute... I wrote that down. Because it's immediately after. That's after the Jonathan Price moment. Yeah. She says Scarlet said she lost something or whatever, right? Well, no, she she lost, like, in general. She can never lose. Yeah, I've never lost even at checkers. And and Ripcord's like, well, that's an emotion. I'm happy you're okay. And it's like the end of movie cute moment. We still have an hour and a half to go. Yeah, we're not even uh, tipping. I thought this movie was going to end three different times. Um, But then Storm Shadow and the Baroness go to Paris uh, to weaponize the warheads at. uh, (laughs) uh, I I kept Baron Dijonet's De Cobre. Which you said you never noticed. I never looked at the sign. I never paid attention to what it was. There were so many layers to this movie I did not notice. (laughs) Um, what are you doing? This is an innocent laboratory. <laughs> we are French uh, nuclear physicists. Yeah, so yeah, it's not they like... they shoot some lasers at these warheads, and they're like, well, the dew's bubbling. They're, yeah. they're ready to go. The, the highly pressurized dew is irradiated. Um, luckily, the scene happens very fast, yeah, so her all poor four husband warheads. gets murdered by Storm Shadow. And then she's like, eh. Well, because Baroness goes to smooch him, yeah. presumably because... The ruse is over, and then Storm Shadow kills him, mm-hmm. uh, following through on his previous promise. And this is the real set piece of this film. This is the scene. It the is movie. the scene. Yeah. Um, so, in a van, uh, the Joes are approaching, <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, Duke and Ripcord are fitted into their accelerator suits, which are high-tech Iron Man armor. That make you go real fast. Uh, and strong, and yeah. they have weapons. Um and uh, they only have two of them. Yeah, so they send uh, Snake Eyes off running. Yeah. <laughs> and Anna steals a bike. Not Anna. Scarlet steals Scarlet a bike. Scarlet steals a bike. Which I don't know if... Because, like, Heavy Duty is like, are you going to suit up and head out? What are you going to do? And they didn't have a third costume, no. so Scarlet steals a bicycle from a Frenchman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just takes off. Uh, yeah, and really then... predicted Scarlet Johansson as Black Widow, I feel. Yeah. That, yeah, that would have been... Before, yes. yeah, it would have been before. Yes, Dad. So <laughs> the uh, the yeah, so Snake Eyes is on the Humvee, the bad mm-hmm. guy's super advanced Humvee. Uh, the van is chasing. Scarlet is chasing. Yeah. Um, and the two accelerator suit dudes are chasing, but it's all so poorly uh, tracked that they're all in different places. And all we on... know is that good or bad, they're causing massive destruction yeah. throughout the entirety of Paris. They, they fuck <laughs> they Perry up. Many, they destroy landmarks, places of work and business. They're just plowing through traffic. Cars it's are flying crazy. into buildings. At one they're point like... I turned to Dan, I'm like, the bomb would have done less damage yeah. than this. Well, no, cause the bomb only eats artificial things. It, 
they oh. were killing people. Yeah. So it it like yeah, they just they just we cannot yeah. describe this scene well enough. They just they they destroy, destroy Paris, and you just in the background, it's just Paris people, Parisians screaming and running because they don't know what's going. Because they're just like yeah, the Americans, <laughs> they're at it again. And then Breaker has this one line: they're going somewhere near this place known as the Love, and I'm like, well, his backstory is his he's Moroccan. They yeah. speak French in Morocco. Yeah, yeah, and he yeah, so he mispronounces the Louvre, and he. He's scrolling through, like, a tablet of major Parisian tourist attractions. Where are they going to target? The Louvre? The, the Arc de Triomphe? Triomphe? <gasps> What's the biggest thing that Paris is, is known, known for? for? <gasps> and then... Tower. <laughs> <So> <laughs> Egalité and Returnité. <laughs> so, it takes him a second, but it's like, oh my god, they're targeting the Eiffel Tower. Um... Because uh, this is part you of the You know where plan. I would have targeted, Dan? Pret-a-manger. <laughs> Pret-a-manger. Have you ever eaten at a Pret, Dan? I, I don't know. Oh, my gosh. That joke would have landed if you were more cultured. Unless. <laughs> <laughs> but unless yeah. you're here watching yeah. G.I. Joe with me. <laughs> Sometimes I think I'm performing for a, a higher brow of an audience, but... Your Back homework to is to Google Pret-a-manger. Back to the rise of Cobra. Yeah. Okay, so they... The whole chase scene is going, it's loud and confusing, and the distance between each character keeps changing. Yeah. Uh, Snake Eyes is on the Humvee, he's on top at first, mm-hmm. then he falls off, Baroness sees him out the yeah. window, she's like, <gasps> he's on the... <laughs> <laughs> Just the Baroness looking, and this truck can take a beating, missiles are fired at, it doesn't stop. Because it's a super advanced uh, Cobra yeah, Humvee. Right. Yeah. Uh, and it also, it grows like a plow, mm-hmm. like out of the unfolding metal uh, to start scooping up cars and throwing them to hit the guy stand to hit snake eyes. Um, But then snake eyes gets jostled off the top while dodging several pedestrian cars (laughs) that are being like thrown at him. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the two goobers are running. Yeah. The goobers are running, running running and dodging, dipping. They crash through a train (laughs) at one point. Uh, (laughs) There's missiles flying, just hitting random Parisian apartment buildings. Mm -hmm. Because uh, the the Baroness is unloading all of the munitions from the the jeep, Snake Eyes is under the jeep, um, and we get like uh, Storm Shadows like no, he never gives up. Yeah, yeah. So he the jeep keeps going for a little but bit. But he explodes the jeep, right? Well, he doesn't explode the jeep. He he realizes that a train is approaching. Oh yeah, and the train whacks it. So yeah. S- Snake Eyes drops off. They don't notice that the bullet train is coming. Mm-hmm. It hits the jeep, flips it over, but Storm Shadow and Baroness are okay. Yeah, the driver isn't. He's dead. No, he's not. No, uh, very dead. The 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 Baroness and Storm Shadow. The uh, Baroness has the kill switch. Yeah. Storm Shadow has the bazooka. Yeah. So they go their separate ways. And these are the orders from McCullen. He wants a message sent <laughs> to the world to show what the nanomites can do to mm-hmm. create fear. Yeah, and what better. Test dummy than the French, of course. Yeah. But it's... So they're, like, moving into this Paris place of business. I like how fucking... Oh my gosh, what's her name? Baroness? Uh, the Baroness is like, out of my way! <laughs> yeah. Well, it, and the thing, again, in terms of collateral damage, like, there's one part where she's going up the clear tube elevator, mm-hmm. and she just starts shooting Everything. into all of the office windows, and the good guys don't do anything no. to, like... Duke is, like, 
Donkey Konging around yeah. the, the building mm-hmm. while Baroness is machine gunning into office yeah. space. And he's like, whoop, 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 can't catch me. You mm-hmm. know, and then Ripcord's running upstairs super fast yeah. to catch Storm Shadow. To get a proper shot. Oh, wait, no, you're right. Yeah. Storm Shadow's trying to get a proper shot at the Eiffel Tower. Yes. Where he could have hit from any solitary position. Yes, because it's it's the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. Um, but they they uh, they run up, Ripcord confronts Storm Shadow in a kitchen. Yeah. Uh, Get some spaghetti sauce on him. But the, the bomb goes off. Because the office building has a, uh, a, ki- a kitchen. Uh, yeah, so yeah, he gets... it has like a, a cafe or something. You know? It hits him with spaghetti sauce. Yeah, yeah. Um, But it hits the Eiffel Tower, which begins disintegrating. Yes. And the, I said, that thing isn't gonna last. <laughs> the Parisians look on yeah, in horror. I, I wrote down, the Americans are gonna get blamed for this. Joking, like, because like, in this movie, the Americans come in, they dip and they never get blamed yeah. for anything. But little did I know. Yeah. Something was going to pay off later on. Well, technically here, the G.I. Joes are an international organization. Yeah, 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 so it's not like they're... But it is definitely a. They're all fault. American. Yeah. Uh, except for the Moroccan. <laughs> well, no. Uh, Heavy Duty is oh, British. Yeah. yeah. I'm assuming Scarlett O'Hara is American. Yeah. Scarlett O'Hara. I don't know. That's her name. <laughs> so, the, uh, yeah. So, they're, they're like... The, the Eiffel Tower is collapsing. Uh, Scarlett... Has a throwaway line saying that the Eiffel Tower was evacuated before. Oh, yeah, yeah, they're evacuating the tower, but it's not from the scenes we see. The people no. get crushed by it. No, uh, like so, the the tower starts collapsing. Um, Duke confronts the Baroness on the roof of the glass office building. She almost takes him out with her mm-hmm. OP sonic boom gun, yeah. um, but he Holds manages to, like, jump into the the little <laughs> ship with her and push the big deactivate button. Mm-hmm. So the the nanomites stop, but the Eiffel Tower does False. fall <laughs> so, on people. Yeah, um, on innocent people. And it is a it is a sad day for France, yep. um, and therefore the world. I think <laughs> you know, and it's we get like the 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 stock like news footage like Parisians. You know what I'm like, yeah, they're holding signs like <laughs> take them to jail, give them some guillotine. <laughs> Um, but, uh, the, the Joes, except for Snake Eyes, are arrested and detained. And then Duke is captured. Duke is captured by the bad guys, by Mars. Mm -hmm. Um, so they're in this, uh, this prison cell in, uh, in, in France, and, like, Commander Hawk, General Hawk, comes back and he's like, you've all been officially banned from France. (laughs) Of course. Which upsets the French guy. Yeah. Um, and, oh, before... Before they were arrested, uh, Breaker, in the one thing that he gets to do, manages to put neural implants into one oh, of the Oh yeah, Neo the Vipers. dead guy, to yeah. see the me- the faded memories of the dead. And it's a gruesome scene. Like, his, and it makes his no face sense. Rots. And then, like, he knows he's being watched by McDougal, whoever his name yeah. is. <laughs> so they, they manage to... It doesn't do anything. It's no. just like... Oh, no, no, no. They get a picture of McKell... Of Mc- Ian McCullen of McCullen standing <laughs> Macaulay McCullen by a plane. Yeah, and then later on, Breaker uses that photo to triangulate based on the angle of the shadow in the picture where he was in the world when that photo was taken. Yeah, and it was the Arctic, of course. Um, it was the North Pole. Yep. Um, but they're like, yeah, like you, you, you have each been like ordered to go back to your home countries. Um, like, you know, you're banned from France forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but they're like, what about Duke? And he's like, uh, well, you can take 
the long way back to base if you want wink mm-hmm. um so obviously they're gonna say duke we see some more duke backstory where he's sad about rex yes like that whole thing where joseph gordon levitt was in the war with him yes and got blown up on duke's watch and that's why he couldn't confront anna yeah and mend their relationship as he's seen driving a harley through the cemetery <laughs> yeah because they they were both soldiers in a non-distinct east africa location as the subtitle Mm. said um and uh rex had to go into a building to do something yeah to find something he was the tech guy and the airstrike arrived early and destroyed that building and you know obviously duke blamed himself he couldn't face anna anna Mm -hmm. and then harley davidson's away um is it, when, and we then we get, get storm. storm sh- then we get okay. that next. We also get the storm shadow backstory where storm, never say sorry. And storm shadow goes, "There was a time I didn't say I well, was sorry." Because either. like the camera focuses in on the Baroness, and you think, "Okay, yeah. this is her back. Again. Like this is her flashback." But then the camera pans over to storm, storm shadow. shadow. We're all sorry about things, and yeah. then storm shadow remembers uh, <laughs> killing the pie man. <laughs> him, him, and little snake eyes. Their rivalry keeps developing. Uh, Snake Eyes eventually learns how to best Storm Shadow in Mm -hmm. combat. Um, And then one day, a Jonathan Scream erupts across this monastery. Uh, Snake Eyes finds his master, the the good monk, with a sword through his back. Trying to eat his cereal. And Snake Eyes is fleeing. Storm Shadow is fleeing. Um, And And I said, uh, what do you have to be sorry about? You did that. You murdered that medical blood. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But... As I said, if we ever get to the sequel on this podcast, if we ever have the good fortune to pull that from the bag, I will add it. Yeah. I will go home and add it. Um, they retcon that in a very stupid way, mm. uh, so it, it's not what it seemed. All right. It, it was, yeah, but, but it's not. When they when they wrote the script, it, it was, but yeah. uh, later on it's not. I'm surprised this film got a sequel. There, I'll say it. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. feel like it should deserve one. Well, the sequel had a lot of production problems. The mm. sequel got delayed, like, because uh, originally, I think the sequel opens with all of the characters, like, body doubles of all of these characters dying. Oh. But then, this movie, like, like Channing Tatum became a bigger household name. Mm-hmm. So, like, wait, we gotta reshoot it so that he doesn't die, mm-hmm. but, like, everyone else dies. Mm. And then, The Rock is in it. Wow. Uh Bruce Willis is in it, wow. phoning it in. Uh, a new lady and new other guy <laughs> replace the rest of the team. Okay. Um, and then Storm Shadow shows up. There's other ninja lady. All kinds of we'll things. We'll get there. We'll get yeah. there. Yeah. Um, but but for the time being, um, we're in the north. We're in the north. Um, so they, uh, you know, uh, Duke has been captured. Yeah, he tries and... to steal back the case. He gets socked, but Anna's like, I love him, though. <laughs> Don't hit yeah. my man. I think he manages to turn the tracker back on mm. when he does that. Like, mm. And they just don't notice. W- which was a, n- yeah. a not a necessary plot. Um, and then the Joes send in the Robotuna. Yeah, they send in the Robotuna disguised in another school of tuna. Yeah, uh, To go to their underwater base known as the Ice Pack. <laughs> the ice pack yeah as far as we can tell it's called the ice pack it's yeah. not it's not it's, it's like rapture guys. but it's um mm-hmm. so um the plan there uh it is revealed uh, through mccullen's speech that he is going to because because like duke asks him to monologue so he does monologue mm-hmm. and he's like we're going to launch three warheads uh, three missiles with these nanomite warheads into dc moscow and beijing um and 
in their chaos, like, in the chaos of what happens, uh, like, the world will, t- will turn to the, the biggest boy. Yeah. And th- is that you? No. No. I'm just profiting off of it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so there's there's layers to this. Mm. Um, so uh, the the president, take, yeah. the, throughout oh, this, Jonathan oh, yeah. Price is... Yeah. Just being... look at a window like, gotta get to the bottom, the bomb shelter. Yeah. I guess. But the bunker was made by mares. Yeah, that that's to be revealed later. But we see that they're gonna super microdose Duke mm-hmm. with the nanobots. Yeah, the and doctor is at work yeah. on that. The doctor. A polar bear gets killed off screen. We yes. can only assume. Yes, by a submarine. Um, about to do the do when suddenly it is revealed that Rex is alive the whole time. He is none other than the doctor. Yes. Played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt, I assume. Yes. Yeah. Um, he, uh, the doctor was, was, uh, well, Rex, uh, as it turns out, uh, went into that little building. To do evil things, apparently. Well, Dr. Mindbender. Yeah, yeah, this guy sitting in the corner just like, oh, hello there. Well, he's an existing character. I figured, Dad, with a name like Mindbender. Yeah, yeah, he's like the the mad scientist of, of, like, in normal circumstances, he's like the mad scientist of Cobra, but... Mindbender is just chilling in there, and Rex is like, wow, nanomites, that's... Evil and delicious. Think of all the things you could do, yeah. and... and uh, He you downloads know. it to a flash drive before it Norton security stands. Yeah, we see Norton secure, that was a good time for that product placement. And then uh, Mindbender closes the vault door, and yeah. he's like, if, if we, we save, I'll right. tell you more. Yeah. Hold me. <laughs> and, and Cobra was... was uh, uh. Uh, fuck uh, it all falls apart yep. the whole ruse falls apart yep. uh the, the doctor is <laughs> like uh we survived mostly <laughs> with that voice i kind of had a suspicion then our bodies intertwined <laughs> yeah. it was passionate love that we made but he taught me about <laughs> nano like it, it, it's like a whole th- like so he's easy we don't know where Mindbender. i don't th- i don't know if Mindbender ever showed oh up. i think he got his rocks off and then <laughs> i I, <laughs> I watched the sequel once but i have retained almost nothing of it so oh, interesting. Uh, I'll, I'll be interested uh, to see how these two compare when we watch yeah <laughs> down uh, the line hypothetically so they yeah so rex turned to evil mm-hmm uh, he met McCullen, fast friends, yeah. um, and, and, you know, big evil plans. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then before, uh, Duke can be properly, like, injected with the nanomites, the Baroness snaps mm-hmm. and attacks the doctor. Yeah. Um, Freeing Duke. Duke isn't like, that's your brother. He, like, leaves that info for later. No, he does that off screen. Yeah. He, like, he's like... I can't believe Rex would do this. And then you hear the Baroness faintly like, Rex. Yeah. Like, you know, so it's not. So they're like making out, but then the, the the doctor or Rex comes back and he's like, well, I have this remote control. I have nanobots in my own sister. <laughs> Touch it, she blows yeah, up. I love how he was always in this costume because we see blonde Anna. Yeah. <laughs> like chloroformed and drugged, but he's still in the doctor costume. Yeah, there's a flashback of yeah, like I'm how like, he oh, converted her. And it's, right. just, it's just him in the current costume. And she doesn't remember that? Listen, movies are complicated. Oh, okay. You only got so much money to, to do this. <laughs> but, right. But there's, like, weird other little moments of continuity, though, because in that scene, before he starts monologuing, you see him putting together the outfit that he puts on at the end. So it's like, okay, but they, you know, I I don't know. Mm. Um, But uh, McCullen shows up, he's like, what happened? And uh, he's like, well, she somehow resisted the the programming of the nanomites. emotional. I've never seen that. 
like you told me it couldn't happen, but apparently her love for Duke was strong so enough strong. that yeah. it overrode the war, the uh, not the warheads, the nanomites. <laughs> yeah. um, um, upstairs, the the gang is trying to get in. Um, Ripcord finds a fast plane to be used later. The Night Hawk? Yeah, or sure. The Night Night Raven. Yeah, sure. Why not? And then um, the other three goobers get this pressurized panel situation where um, uh, Snake Eyes has to walk on his hands and disables yeah, that. Because he can't have a surface more than yeah. a quarter. And then outside, the Joes are fighting in their submarines in like a Star Wars scene. Yes. Against this giant cannon from the base. Yeah, the Heavy Duty is relegated to one of those little submarines, yeah. so that's he's out of the movie otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Ripcord takes off in this experimental Night Raven uh, ship to chase the warheads. Um, Snake Eyes does manage to destroy one of them before they start going underground, um, but he destroys the Beijing one, so the ones heading for uh, Moscow and DC are still going. Um, so he's flying around and he needs the other goobers to get to the command center to see where the missiles are going. Mm -hmm. And Snake Eyes needs to disable the cannon. Yes. So, um, they, you know, they're all going their separate ways. Uh, the, I, I think this is when Jonathan Price yeah. gets, he's in the bunker. Yeah. And uh, the, uh, the, the secret implant who, you know, the 20th Neo Viper <laughs> kills the, everyone. Mm-hmm. And then outstep Zartan. Who, as Jonathan Price. As Jonathan Price. Because they didn't have the CGI, I guess, for that. We couldn't see no, the they, actor yeah, acting they, against him. They didn't. Uh, yeah. I think they do in the sequel, but Jonathan Price gets to, like, Ham do two things. Yeah. yeah, he gets to be evil in yeah. that one. Love that. Um, so, they're like, he's like, oh, that was your plan. <laughs> Acting. <laughs> yeah. So, they, uh, so that situation, we, we leave that situation. Uh, mm-hmm. Rex is flying around after uh, yeah. Scarlet and uh, Breaker got to the, the command center. Mm-hmm. Snake Eyes goes to disarm the cannon. Yeah. Um, they have to. They figure out that the Night Raven. You need to say it's commands in Celtic. in Celtic. Yeah, which to Hain, you need to yeah. like to, to fire, mm-hmm. uh, which sure I, makes I I don't know. Yeah. Um, so uh, Ripcord manages to destroy the warhead heading for Moscow. Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow are fighting. Yeah, in the back and like the control center, and Storm Shadow is losing hard. Yes, <laughs> because. Snake Eyes has, like, these poles. And it's like, the fight is very weirdly set up because they're in they're in the reactor that's powering and the cannon. And this fake lightning is going around. Electricity is zapping everywhere. There's fake lightning. One goon gets thrown into the, yeah. into the reactor. It disrupts and damages it. Then, while the two guys are having two a ninja goons. sword fight, yeah. two other, like, tech guys Lackeys come, come in, in. like, try to reboot the system. But then Storm Shadow, knowing that they have to get the cannon back, throws Snake Eyes into the, the, the reactor pit, mm-hmm. damaging it further and destroying it. Yeah. Um, uh, so, I don't know, he was consumed by vengeance, but yeah. they're having a fight. Storm Shadow removes his, his shirt, shirt for the ladies <laughs> to yeah, for uh, something for us. Yeah. to 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 uh, to fight better. Yeah. Um, it's not a good idea because he gets soundly beaten. Yeah, he gets <laughs> slashed a lot and then pushed into Naboo's freezing lagoon, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> where I'm sure he's dead. Wink. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so well, they I just put down all the plot lines are all over the place, but I got it. They're, yeah, they're yeah, th- converging everywhere. Yeah, they're having like a back in the lab, they're having a weird standoff where uh like McCullen and the doctor and Duke are fighting. Mm. McCullen panics and tries to shoot Duke with a flamethrower, but Duke 
sonic boom guns the yes. flames back into his face, burning his face off. Yeah. Uh, then the doctor take. Come on, we gotta get out of <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah, we and, gotta get out. And they escape to their own evil-looking submarine. Yeah. Uh, while Duke escapes with the Baroness, mm-hmm. um, you know who's good now. Who is good now? Yeah. Um, they get into a submarine of their own to chase like, after the. Well, doctor. they say we could escape, and then she's like, "Let's get him." Yeah, they get like a Star Wars, you like I fly, you shoot, yeah. type thing. Baroness says some cliche like, "I'd love to," and then mm-hmm. that's happening. A ripcord is shooting down the last missile, but he can't get it. He can't. He misses it a couple times. It goes drone mode. Yeah, it goes and... into drone mode. He gets real close. He fires at it, and. It covers his ship in the the goo, the dew. But he flies it up to space because yeah. there's nothing for them to eat up there. Yeah. And then they, as he we, pulls the ripcord. Yeah, as as we noted, uh, he uh, of course he's wearing like a GI Joe hyper advanced suit. But mm-hmm. not being space experts, if you come down from I don't the think upper the atmosphere, parachute would last. No, you would disintegrate. Yeah. Like you would, you can't. Humans can't do that. I think Brett um, would have a lot to say about this. He would, but yeah. well, he's never here when we, uh, <laughs> yeah. whenever space he's, comes he's up. He's always busy working at NASA. <laughs> <laughs> so if he's not here to yeah. defend space, yeah. then he, what the hell do we care? And he could take it and like it. <laughs> so, <laughs> he could put that in his rocket and smoke it. <laughs> um, uh, the, the doctor and McCullen decide to self-destruct the ice, ice pack, pack to yeah. take out the, the Joes. The ice pack is melting. <laughs> Just like my lunchbox in grade school. Uh, yeah, no. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, that's, a, that's a throwback. Uh, the so the but the Joes more or less managed to avoid this. Uh, we Scarlet, see a symbolic iron mask float. Float? I don't think an iron mask would float. But no, sure. it wouldn't float. Yeah, I think in fact it would sink, being made of iron. Yeah, being made of solid iron. Yeah. It would, uh, but that's neither here nor there. I guess they need to pass the camera somewhere. Uh, Storm Shadow is okay. No, it's not Storm. Oh my god. Snake Eyes is okay. Uh, he reunites with Scarlet and Breaker, who get into an escape pod. The, the elevator, elevator works, but as you said, wouldn't the pressure turn them into goo? It would. Yeah. Uh, we Not from Maiden Abyss. Uh, um, but <laughs> Too heavy for this app. Um, but yeah, they managed to get back to the surface in the elevator. Mm-hmm. Everyone in the submarines are okay. Uh, Duke and Baroness are determined to arrest, uh, the dock, and, uh, inside their evil submarine, Mm -hmm. uh, the, the big reveal happens, um, the doctor injects McCullen with some nanomites to heal his face, uh, turning him into the signature metalhead Destro that we know and love. And the sh- uh, the curtain comes down on this dramatic irony. <laughs> and he officially, like, no, you're Destro. Like, yeah. so he has... But because of the iron mask, uh, the doctor now controls him, so Destro can't you resist. You can call me Commander. And he turns around, and he's and wearing... It's awful. A... It, yeah. it looks nothing like it's supposed to look like. And that was... That was controversial when it happened because it was—it's very stupid looking. It's yeah. like a jellyfish. Mm-hmm. It's like a plastic jellyfish mask. Yeah, it's like the Bloodborne prisoner. <laughs> and yeah, and it, it wouldn't—I mean, not the Bloodborne, the Elden, Elden Ring. Yeah, it—it <laughs> it doesn't look like because I know what they were—they were avoiding trying to make him look like a KKK dude. Yes. But in the sequel, they give him a compromise between like a helmeted, masked mm-hmm. face with a. Like a, a or just layer. make it snake like that. Yeah, like do. like a cobra yeah, shape. Yeah. They they give him that in the sequel. All they right. he gets like it's not this goofy goo thing. Yeah. Um. But he's like, call me Cobra Commander, <laughs> and and McCullen's like, what have you done? <laughs> yeah. 
and they think they're going to escape. Is Alan Young in the room? <laughs> but uh, they they don't escape um, because it's a very weird setup for like a you you and what army? And then the army just Scooty puffs up. Scooty puffs <laughs> it's up. It's like oh they were there the whole time. And then it's an immediate transition. <laughs> they're in jail. <laughs> wow, really wrap that up. Could have done that the whole rest it's of the movie. So, but it should be noted they're just in like a maximum security space jail. They're in a space jail, but it should be noted. Well, they're in a it's an aircraft carrier yeah, mobile right. jail, yeah. but it should be noted that this jail. They're standing in the clothing that they were wearing when they were arrested. They're on a single circular platform surrounded by laser bars, which are then covered by metal (laughs) sheets. And these are just two tubes in the center of the reused CGI Mm -hmm. from the reactor, like the the nuclear lab part. So... Uh, but th- that's where they are. But but the Cobra swears revenge. Yeah. <laughs> so it's never they seen the last of him. Yeah. Um. But uh, the Baroness is getting like the doctors are determined to denanomite her. <laughs> Give her a White Castle, it'll flush out of her system. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but she's like, I'm evil. Yeah, I killed so many people. She I don't did. care about that. Duke is like, uh, well, we won't so tell. We yeah. won't tell the French. So it's fine. Um. <laughs> And, uh, you know, Duke and the team reconvene. Mm-hmm. The pit has been rebuilt. They walk down a hallway single f- in, a, in a line and banter. Yeah. They banter. They're like, uh, Ripcord and Duke are um, now parts of the G.I. Joe team. Another victory for America. And they take off for their next mission. But. Uh, back in the White House, Jonathan Price is actually Zartan. He's Jonathan Aced. <laughs> now. <laughs> Right? And he he hums the the tune that we had heard him, yeah. just so the audience knows that it's him. Um, wow! And what does this mean for the Joes? Find out eventually. In five years when the well, movie finally got made. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's it. <laughs> and then and then a black eyed piece song starts playing because you know yeah. it was two thousand and seven. <laughs> Oh, that would have got me up and out of that theater like, quicker than like That would have cleared the room in a <laughs> Better than those nanobots. <laughs> well, we did it, Dan. We did. Any final thoughts on this? Um, I enjoyed this movie. I enjoyed it's... it too. I'll say it. It it's was harmless. Fine. It was a little bit too long. Yeah. But that's the only thing I would change. It's not yeah. the first long movie we've watched on this podcast. Yeah. But it, it, it paced by. It's innocent. It's innocuous. It's yeah. stupid. It's too stupid to be <laughs> yeah. angry at. Like, everyone's bad. Yeah. And it's like, you It's know. the kind of movie that Dad would be, leave it alone. <laughs> <laughs> it's suffered enough. Yeah. Just, Can't you, know. you see it try? <laughs> so, yeah, but that was G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra. Yeah. So, and, uh, I mean, you've been knocking, we've been knocking out of the parks in our respective yeah. categories so far. I'd say so. Who's going to break the chain? <laughs> That's my main concern. Uh, you never know. No. Well, um, shall we end this episode? Yeah. Another action-packed, nearly two-hour episode. <laughs> Is there anywhere our audience can reach you? Well, you can reach me. <laughs> Not in Paris, because it's been decimated and mm-hmm. destroyed by this film. You can find me, Jonathan Kwiatkowski, at Losing My Mind JK on Instagram and TikTok. And you can follow my... Oh, you can drink and read on Twitter. And you can follow my other two podcasts, including Nightcaps at the Theater, if you like old movies like this mm-hmm. <laughs> and getting a little drizzy drunk. And then if you like Dune, we're almost done with that. I believe we've got two or three weeks left, depending on when this goes up. Mm-hmm. Uh, drink and read the podcast currently covering Dune. Of course. Yep. And what about you, Dan? What say uh, you? You can follow me on Instagram at King underscore Danis, where I post art when I can, including the stuff for our Pokemon side project. Mm. 
Um, the anime was not a mistake. Instagram page and the matching Facebook page of the same name. Yeah. And uh, next week, we return once more to anime. <laughs> yeah. The warm embrace of anime. Yeah. Leave this these dreary days behind. <laughs> well, you say leave the drearies behind, oh, but I've no. got some... We had some war crimes committed in this movie. Yes. How about those anime boys? How yes. do those Elric brothers fare with the Ishvalan War? Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to see how that played out in... Um, it's not that good. <laughs> it's not that happy. But we do have some five episodes of another series that we're going to compare when Anime Was Not a Mistake Legends returns. Of course. Yeah. Uh, uh, what should I say? I don't know. Get into your Manta Ray ship. Give me something to say as Cobra. Oh, wait. I've got this baguette is old. This baguette is old. There we go. Love that. What? You survived anime was not a mistake spin-off series? The Sinister Six? Well, there's always next time. <laughs> As you wait with bated breath, remember to rate, review, subscribe, where most podcasts are easily found, including Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, and more. Remember boils and ghouls if you enjoyed the hosting by me, Jonathan Kwiatkowski, stand-in Cryptkeeper, and the Igor of my eye, Daniel Ryan. Support us on social media. And last but certainly not least, remember to reach out to us on Anime Was Not a Mistake Pod on Instagram, or follow Anime Was Not a Mistake Podcast on Facebook. This way we can continue to make our anime-based dreams come true, and your nightmares a reality. Until we meet again, remember to constantly ask yourself, is anime a mistake? We know for certain that any film with the Sinister Six misnomer is destined for depravity. <laughs>